Awesome. Yeah. So cool. Today we wanted to chat for, I don't know, however long the topic goes for, uh, about mental toughness and coming back from tough days, whether, I don't know, we'll, we'll probably look at this through an athletic lens mostly, but I think this stuff can be applied, um, to anything like a bad day at work. Yeah. Through a a broader lens, if we Mm -hmm. want to, um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a topic that we, we all struggle with. So yeah, for sure. I think like for me, a big learning curve was like, I used to just not think of myself as mentally tough. I was like, well, some people are born tough. Some people aren't. I am someone that like would much like, I'm not one of those people who immediately loves getting out of my comfort zone. Like I like wearing pajamas and like watching Netflix. Like that's kind of like what I feel is my wheelhouse. Like naturally but I think like as an athlete one of the cool things is you get all these opportunities to train your mental toughness so just like everything that we talk about like confidence self-compassion a lot of things aren't it's not just like that you're born tough or you're not it's like how do you um cultivate it in yourself and it's what it's one of the things like confidence like you know speed like anything it's trainable right like no one's born fast so you train to get faster and you can do the same thing with mental toughness. Yeah. Um, well, not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. You had a really great definition earlier mm. to uh, what mental toughness, how do we define mental toughness? You had a yeah, great definition. I wrote it down. Um, so it's when you, I think a lot of, I think just to preface it, because why make this short when we have a full hour? But um, I think like when people think mental toughness, they think like, oh, 100 mile endurance athlete, like David Goggins run to the finish, even if you have like a broken femur or whatever. And to me, that is like not my vision of mental toughness. What I think mental toughness is experiencing a challenge, leaning in, paying attention, creating space for meaningful action and responding thoughtfully to distress. So it's not that you don't feel discomfort. It's not that you... Uh, don't understand that what you're going through is hard. It's that you don't let that experience dictate your action and you create space between what you're feeling and what you do about it. Hmm, I like that. So it's not being reactive to what you're feeling or experiencing. It's working through it in a way that, um, you know, allows you to lean into a hard workout, um, finish a tough race, get through a challenging day at work, like whatever it is, all of those things are opportunities for you to cultivate mental toughness. I would love to know what mental toughness means for you or how like you feel like it shows up in your life or training. Yeah, no, I think actually that definition kind of really fits the mold for me. I think it's kind of the framework that most people should be kind of viewing mental toughness in because um, I think people sometimes have that tendency to, to like want to push through everything. And that doesn't necessarily equate to the best possible outcomes all the time. Um, Kind of like Sarah said earlier, like sometimes it's okay to say no and to set those boundaries. Um, And I think that that's a big part of mental toughness. So creating that space for yourself um, is really huge. And then the toughness or the resilience factor in all of this is like how you react to the situation um, and what you do to continue to help yourself move forward. So, you know, when we're looking at this in terms of like um, a tough situation or or a bad run, um, something that doesn't go your way or isn't going your way and you're trying to find the light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, that mental toughness and that resilience, um, I think it's more, you know, at least for me, it's about having kind of that mindfulness muscle, being able to be aware of what's happening and then to say, okay, these are the things that I can do to change this situation and continue moving forward, um, whether it's towards a goal or in, you know, in a career, not letting a setback get me down or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. To? How would you like, what are for you are the qualities of a mentally tough athlete or like a mentally tough person? Mm. Like, how does that look in practice? Yeah. Um, wow. That's such a great question. Um, <laughs> the qualities of a mentally tough person. Mm -hmm. I think a mentally tough person is often, you know, again, resilient, um, but also maybe thoughtful, Mm -hmm. um, compassionate, not just with others, but with themselves. So they're able to kind of like, when they need that space, take that step back 
and, and to not view that as um, as the, as like an issue with that person, to not view that as like I'm taking issue with myself because I have to take a step back in order to approach this situation or to, to remain engaged in this thing that I'm trying to like work towards. Um, I like to think, you know, if we like think about it in terms of like a race or something where it's inevitable that in every race, no matter how great you are, you have those like low moments where you start to feel tired. You're not sure, like maybe you're not sure how to respond like, or when it's gonna happen, like, but you, it hits you. You're like, oh man, that fatigue is stepping in. That self-doubt starts to work its way in. Maybe the inner critic starts to come out and you begin to like, to doubt yourself. Oh, am I tough enough to, to push forward? Oh, am I, you know, what happens if I keep pushing? Am I gonna like reach this like moment where I can't go any further? You know, like all those unknowns. Um, and I think that, you know, being compassionate with yourself and understanding that it's okay to like think those things um, and that that's not a problem. That's kind of being part of being an introspective person or a thoughtful person is having having that and then knowing that despite some of that kind of conversation or that chatter, you can kind of choose what to do in that situation. So like take another gel or, or like power hike through that hill. Um, I don't know, or like yeah. hit the aid station with purpose and like make sure you get like the food and fluids you need. And I think that that's just like a small kind of illustration, but I think in other aspects of our life, like we all have to flex like that um, kind of mental toughness muscle where we need to be resilient, right? But like the illustration of the race works really well because if we get to that point where we're like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling tired right now and like this uncertainty, I don't know if I'm, I can finish this thing. If we succumb to that, we don't finish the race and we don't reach our goal but there's often that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like that feeling where you start to like balance back out after being tired. I think that comes with some experience in letting yourself try to search for through that uncertainty for the light at the end of the tunnel. And I guess this kind of starts to play into like, how do we build these things? Mm. Um, but giving yourself that space to say like, I'm gonna step into this uncertain moment. I'm gonna use these tools I'm going to be compassionate to myself in the process, give myself grace. I'm going to recognize that like, just because I'm feeling these things and this stuff feels really hard, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's a great, that's a good thing. That means like, yeah. I care And I feel like acknowledging this. it is a really key element of that, right? Because if mm -hmm. you don't acknowledge it, then you can't move. If you don't acknowledge and accept it, then you can't start to problem solve or work through it in a productive way, right? Like if you just ignore it, like, oh, this workout, you know, like, oh, it's not hard, it, you know? Like if you aren't being honest with yourself, then you're kind of shortchanging your ability to learn and grow from experiences. And I feel like, you know, step one A of developing mental toughness is setting, one of the great things about a human life is that it like gives us lots of freebie opportunities to develop mental toughness, right? Like it's very hard to just live with like zero opportunity, like just being, you know, alive in 2020, 2021, lots of good chances to grow and uh, develop mental toughness. but. I think, you know, you have to acknowledge that this is a cultivatable skill and then you have to seek out specific opportunities to grow that, whether it's through like workouts, races, um, you know, just working through like, you know, balancing the day to day of like, okay, I've got a big week at work and I'm also training and I have a family, like those can all be ways to kind of like cultivate that skill, right? Like when you move seamlessly from a long day at work to a big workout, like that can be an opportunity for you to really hone in on that skill. Um, and I think that that is like one of the, one of the, one of the biggest things is that like, you have to recognize that you have to set up these opportunities intentionally um, to, to do that. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. What other qualities do you think kind of, I think I only, you know, there's other ones to touch on besides being kind of compassionate with yourself uh, maybe exercising mm -hmm. some resilience when things get tough and not giving up, um, yeah. continuing to work uh, work and move forward. Does anything yeah. else kind of come to mind? Honestly, I think it's a, for me, it's an athlete that is realistic, but positive. Like mm -hmm. this is someone that knows like when life hands you lemons, they know how to make lemonade. And it's not that they deny that there's lemons present, right? They're like, wow, like this sucks. I'm going to embrace the suck and I'm going to move through it in a way that's productive and healthy for me. And I'm going to take conscious steps 
to learn and grow from this and to emerge from it better in some way. And, you know, there's not pressure to like learn and grow from things right away, but you know, it's one of those things like you want to embrace the suck, but you don't want to sit with the suck for too long. And that balance is going to look a little bit different for everyone. Like after a bad race or a bad workout, it's okay to sit for a bit and acknowledge like that didn't go the way I wanted. Like, especially with a race, there's, it's definitely okay for you to feel grief or sadness or whatever you feel and to talk that out with people, but then you do need to move through it in a way um, that's healthy and productive for you. Um, and that might, and that usually means not getting on ultra sign up right away, <laughs> by the way, like don't yeah. do that after a bet or even a good race, just give yourself like two weeks to sit on any racing decisions post race um, or like post, you know, bad or good long run. I want to mention that Sarah also um, thought flexibility was a good quality. Mm. And I definitely agree with that. And to me, um, that kind of, I think, sort of means openness. And I kind of take a, a more, I think a more like maybe mindful approach to this stuff. But to me, when I hear flexibility, I think openness to the fact that, you know, situations are going to occur that may be adverse they may ask of you things that you are not sure that you can do and being flexible or open in those situations um, is going to allow you to try to work through towards, you know, whatever goal, whatever challenge you're trying to get through, whatever tough situation. Um, and just knowing that like being flexible to that, like it's part of the process. Um, yeah. part of being a human, part of being an athlete is dealing with some of that and being okay with it. Yeah. What that makes me think of is about this time last year, I was working on a profile of Courtney DeWalter for trail runner. So I had to spend some time with Courtney and learn about her process. And I ended up calling the, the profile, the puzzle master, because her entire approach was viewing ultra running as a series of problems to solve. Like she went into every race ready to solve a series of problems. She never approached a race. Like I'm ready to execute the perfect day. She was like, you know, the thing I'm good at is when stuff comes up, I'm able to work through it a lot more productively than other people. And that is why I kick butt at running 200 miles yeah. or running around Mont Blanc, like whatever it is. She just like had this mindset that was different than a lot of people's where it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to execute the perfect race. I'm going to get these splits, eat this food. Courtney was like, all right, you know, this is what I'm planning to do. And here's like what I'm going to do when the food that I've been training with doesn't work. Here's what I'm going to do when, you know, my splits aren't what I want them to be. Like, here's the positive self-talk I'm going to engage with. And I thought that that like really changed my mindset instead of looking for the perfect day, going into every workout, long run race with this expectation of like, how can I approach this as like a series of puzzles to solve as a series of problems to work through? And I feel like that gave me a lot more flexibility and self-compassion to like work through the hard stuff. Cause I think the hardest thing about like experiencing hard stuff and running is like when you just don't expect it. And so like you mentally compound it and you'll start to like spiral or catastrophize. And I think what's really, really important is like being able to have that like neutral self-talk problem solving approach to be like okay you know like you're nauseous we've planned for this you know that yeah. ginger chews and gatorade help you move through this right or like you know this is a good time to try to pb and j and like if you get sick that's fine we're gonna problem solve with the next thing and learn to just move through things instead of being like oh my god i'm nauseous my race is over i can't eat anything i'm gonna die out here you know <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if there's some connection there. I think looking at kind of the Courtney DeWalter thing, um, if there's some connection there between her toughness and maybe her core values that allow her to kind of push through those moments of difficulty. I think for a lot of people, um, it's easier to be tough in situations that are kind of intrinsically- um, If there's like a to, deeper motivation, yeah. right? Because if you're just out here, you're like, I'm suffering for literally no reason out here on my own. Like it is very hard to stay engaged when you're like, there's no purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. So like find a purpose that feels authentic and good for you and connect moments of discomfort to that, right? Like, you know, whether it's community or health or just engaging with the process of training or like setting a good example for your family or for your like community, like whatever it is, whenever you have a tough workout struggle in a long run, or you're just like, man, how am I going to get five days of training done this week? Connect those moments of struggle to this larger why. 
Yeah, I think that that connection is is really, really important, especially when we're just really down in the weeds of these difficult situations. Yeah, um, I know that at least for me, that kind of um, that kind of thought process, that conscious thinking and connection to the values definitely helps kind of continue to to drive me forward. Um, yeah, so important. Um, I feel like on our team, a lot of the people that I look up to as being like really, really mentally tough aren't the people who like bench press the most or like, you know, are like just like crazy endurance athletes. I feel like a lot of them are parents because they're really amazing at problem solving and like working through things and like viewing everything as a puzzle to be like worked through and balancing all kinds of things. And I feel like they're also very good a lot of times at connecting things to their why, mm -hmm. um, because I think in a lot of ways, parenting is something that uh, is like parallel to that same kind of, like it's not always, uh, you know, sunshine and daisies. And so having that larger why really helps people stay engaged in a challenging and not always consistently rewarding process so that you can get to that more rewarding um, point. Yeah. What do you think are some ways for people to, I don't know, just kind of begin to practice their mental toughness or begin to like develop their mental toughness muscle? Yeah. So, you know, I think some really specific examples are next time when you notice those like kind of struggle thoughts starting to creep in, in a run, workout, long run, race, whatever it is, like notice when that voice is saying like, um, oh, like I'm uncomfortable, you should slow down or like, you know, whatever, like whatever your struggle voice is, right? Like we all have that, you know, like there's like two voices in our head. There's like Lizzo, like you're amazing. You're so great. Keep running. And then there's the like struggle voice. That's like, you're not good enough. Like why even try? And so whenever you notice that, like, you're not good enough voice starting to tune in, have a neutral conversation with it, but don't, you know, don't feed, like, don't feed that fire. Like don't add extra oxygen to it. Um, and start to notice the things that trigger that, right? Like for some people, um, like, hills like big climbs might be the thing that really triggers your struggle voice uh distance might be the thing that really triggers that struggle voice speed might be the thing like trying to like train your body to move more quickly than it's used to um might really trigger that struggle voice so learn to notice when that pops up and be ready to talk back to it right um in a way that's like neutral and self-compassionate but you know don't like, don't let that voice dictate your conversation. Something that's actually been like scientifically proven to be really effective here is having a mantra. Because essentially mantras, what they do in essence is it's something that can just take up more space in your brain. So it kind of starves the negative self-talk of oxygen, right? It almost like definitely have a powerful mantra, have a silly mantra, like whatever it is, have one that feels good and authentic to you. But just using that essentially gives your brain something to focus on that's not the negative self-talk that might be happening because you're experiencing a moment of difficulty. And I think that's a really big thing that can be deployed long runs, workouts, steep hills, whatever it is, like wherever your struggle voice starts to come in, you know, be ready to combat it with positive self-talk, with a mantra when it feels hard to combat it with positive self-talk and you just need to like fall back on something a bit more like rote that can be really, really effective. Yeah, those are great tips. And I think that we shouldn't just look at this through the lens of training. Um, training mm -hmm. gives us an opportunity to practice these things, but it's not the only venue for practicing these things. Yeah. You know, take that positive self-talk to work with you, you know, take it to a tough conversation with your, your partner or, you know, wherever you go, where life brings you challenges, take that positive self-talk and those affirmations with you. That's something that I do. Um, and that's something that kind of, we've been talking about a little bit. We touched on it in the last call. Um, but making sure that we're developing our inner coach rather than our inner critics, um, because that inner critic can be really punishing during those moments where you need to buckle down and, and push through. Um, I think especially in the context of a race that you really want to do well at, or you're chasing cutoffs and you, the pressure's on and you need to start kind of like getting down to business, the inner critic can be really strong in those moments. Um, and I would recommend that we all kind of shift our kind of our perception and the way we think about that inner voice 
um, whether it's through affirmation, which is in or mantra, which is super, super important, or if it's just through, you know, some gentle and compassionate, positive self-talk, I like to call that voice, the inner coach, that's going to kind of help you along in those moments where you might need a little bit of a boost rather than beating yourself up. We're going to boost, you boost yourself up, um, you know, that, we just wrote a blog post on this. So I, I definitely think you guys should check that out, the reframing stress blog post. Um, but the way we talk to ourselves really determines a lot of things that happen on a cellular level. This is being studied, like there's so many cool studies on this. Oh man, that's why we wrote this article. Um, and, I, and I love talking about it because if we're gonna beat ourselves up, the chances of a positive outcome are diminished like, yeah, the possibility of having the outcome that you want, it's very unlikely. But if you boost yourself up, especially in really adverse situations, you change your chemistry and you have a really strong chance of getting the outcome that you, you know, that you're looking for. Um, I think, you know, we can use racing again as um, a really good illustration for this. You know, if you tell yourself you can't do it, most likely you're not gonna be able to do it. But if you spend a lot of time telling yourself you can do it, you're building your mental toughness and then you're going out and executing that and exercising some of that and continuing to boost yourself up with that talk throughout the process. Really, 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 really helpful. It's definitely something that, you know, the world's best athletes, most successful people in business, every aspect of life are engaging with their inner coach and continuing to reinforce very positive messaging within themselves. I think that that's, as athletes, it's so hard to do this. We have to practice every single day um, and in, in many different moments, different venues, um, but accentuating that positivity, pushing yourself with the inner coach when you need that push, like, hey, you can do this, let's go. You know, that kind of stuff is great, um, but if we're beating ourselves up, very, very counterintuitive. Um, yeah, I think that yeah, kind of actually negative self-talk breeds less grit and less resilience yeah. in people, right? Like it makes me like I used to have this perception of tough people could do like a hundred push-ups and then like do line drills until they became a puddle on the floor. And like I always felt bad because I was like not that person, right? Like I was not, you know, I didn't love suffering, which like when you are in the endurance community, you hear some people are like, I love to suffer. And I was like, I really don't. I prefer potato chips and the couch. Like <laughs> I don't care to suffer like I I train to minimize my suffering but that doesn't mean that there's not like going to be um encounters with challenge and encounters with difficulty along the way but when you can engage in them in a way that's like thoughtful and mindful and self-compassionate you can really like you know there's that saying that like so you can have this like neutral experience of pain and like just say like I understand that I'm doing speed work and it's uncomfortable like I recognize that I expected it. I'm ready to move through it. Like, this is fine. I'm not panicking. And then there's like always gonna be that little part of you that's like, oh my God, running is hard. You should definitely just panic. Like you should totally lean into all the pain and discomfort you're feeling and catastrophize. And that makes your experience so much worse. So if you can just like neutrally approach what you're feeling and say like, yeah, you know, I'm running hundred K like for sure stuff's not going to feel too great, but I'm ready for this and I'm going to recognize it and then just move through it without like basing a lot of self-judgment on yeah, it. Yeah. And I like um, practicing these things in, in smaller moments and then using them in the bigger moments, like the workout or like a long run with, you know, a tough climb and using those very acute moments as an opportunity and planning ahead in your training and being like, okay, this is that moment where I need to kind of positively expressed to myself that like, I'm kicking ass right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing such a great job. Um, th this is a tool that I used in my last race. Mm -hmm. um, even when I felt like I was going really slow after the first half marathon, I just kept telling myself like, you're doing great. Any running is good running. Like, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> keep going. Like, yeah, you can keep running, you know? And I think that that made a big difference. Um, yeah. And I remember the previous year, I, I kind of struggled mentally on the back half of that race because I, I didn't have that positive self-talk um, element implemented. I wasn't expecting it to feel so hard and then I wasn't ready to implement uh, those strategies and it held me back a little bit. 
Um, so I think that, you know, using these things really mindfully and being prepared to use them is, is very helpful. Um, yeah, gosh, should we, you know, another thing that like actually like shows up in the research is that you can't just like experience challenge. Like you have to attach some enjoyment to it or you won't be as resilient. Like if you're just someone who like hates running and like goes out there every day and runs and you don't enjoy it you're not actually getting tougher in any meaningful way that will like allow you to improve oh man I you're have just something. suffering right? yeah i mean if that's you and that's totally fine i want you to start every single post in your training log with i love running <laughs> regardless of whether or not you love it or not if you are somebody who doesn't like running before you check in with me, right? I love running every single day before you start. Same thing with anything that you feel like you're struggling with, you know, mm -hmm. if it's hills. Every day, start every check-in with I love hills and then tell me how the run went. Um, because we are tricking ourselves into believing that we can't get better at this stuff, that we can't get more mentally tough, that it's a mental thing that's uh, causing us from not getting better in one of these areas. But almost all the time, it's some of these like predetermined notions, preconceived notions that we have because we've had a challenging experience before. And then maybe we didn't rise to the occasion in the way that we expected we would. And that's kind of like led us down this path where it's like, I hate running or I'm not good at hills. Mm -hmm. um, and we can reverse that kind of stuff with things like that. I know it sounds silly, but I bet you if you write I love hills in your log every day for 100 days in 100 days, you're going to be running hills a lot better than you ever thought you would. Yeah. And I mean, this is actually I know it's one of those things that like that sounds hippy dippy. But what it is, is that like the narratives we tell ourselves literally rewire our brain to be conditioned to believe certain things, right? Like if you say every day before you put your running shoes on, I'm not a runner, you're going to have a very difficult time engaging meaningfully and positive positively with the rewriting of the, your own story as a runner. But you can, even if it doesn't feel 100% authentic from the get-go, you can start to literally rewire your brain in a way that starts to bring a new narrative front and center, right? Like I am a runner, I am fast, I am an athlete. And yeah. if you write those things down every day, it, it's a very powerful message to your brain. The things that we tell ourselves, even when no one's listening, are really, really powerful and really, really important. And we have to be careful with that because it has a lot of power in our lives. And so, you know, we can use those things for good, right? But I think it's also important to notice, like, when you tell, like, I feel like about half the emails we get about people that want to join microcosm coaching say, dear coaches, I'm not a runner, but. Yeah, or and I'm not like, an athlete. Yeah, and it's like, you seem like an athlete to me. You have a mm -hmm. coach now, you know? Um, so like start to really notice the times when maybe you're accidentally or intentionally reinforcing a narrative about yourself that's not useful. Then think about ways that you can just take small steps to like rewrite it. I am one of those nerds that puts like inspirational post-it notes on their mirror that they have to look at where they're brushing your teeth every day. And like some of it's working. So, you know, there's that. Um, one of them has a cute picture of a rainbow meerkat too, which is nice to look at. But like those things are super, super potent. I think it's really important to engage, engage with that aspect of things. Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. I can think of several times in my, in my own personal running career where I've, I would love to I've know what about those a things. narrative that you've changed about yourself is. Yeah, I think my mental toughness narrative in general in the last, um, yeah, like year, I think has really changed. I don't know if you remember um, in uh, two, two summers ago when I had that really not a great race at Power of Four mm -hmm. and it caused a cascading event where I had a lot of really bad races where I didn't feel and training runs where when things got tough, I succumbed to the tough moments and I worked really hard and very consciously to visualize those tough moments happening and then me responding to the tough moments with positive self-talk, more gels, like, you know, like any forward movement is good forward movement. Um, yeah, and I think that that reversed kind of this narrative that I had begun to develop because I had had a bad race um, after having, you know, many great races, I thought I had really derailed myself athletically by having a performance that wasn't up to my standard and my inner critic was taking over and it's 
it took me a long time to engage my, my inner coach to be able to get to the hard moments and be like, this is what you trained for. You know, you're prepared. This is why you've done, you know, all of this mindfulness training. This is why you do your visualizations. This is why you have positive affirmations, you know, and then being able to not only work through those moments, but actually excel in those moments. And often, you know, I remember uh, the, the big race that was the differential there was dead horse uh, <laughs> that year where I, I ran the second half of the 50 miler like 10 minutes faster than the first half. And that was all it's mental toughness training. It's very hard to negative training. split a 50 miler. It's, but it was way. all <laughs> mental toughness training, you know, cause you're, everybody here is capable of great things when it mm -hmm. comes to running. The, your mind is always in the way. Um, yeah. So if you stay flexible, like Sarah, I love that and just yeah. be open. And if you, you know, practice these things in very small ways, some things that I would do uh, on workout days, especially tough hills, is I would often in the back of my mind have myself visualizing those times in the races where I was getting really, really tired. And then I would try to, in the workout, uh, kind of uh, embody the feelings in those moments and then see myself and visualize myself there in the present moment, but also in my mind working through that and keeping that positive momentum going. Um, that's a, a tip that I got from a, an athlete that I've worked with who, um, yeah, he's, he's an amazing uh, guy, but anyways, uh, gosh, I don't yeah. want to talk too much about me. I think we should talk uh, about, I think that sometimes like specific anecdotes can be helpful though on occasion. Okay. <laughs> We're people. We are, we definitely are with all our uh, problems and our faults. Yes. <laughs> um, and okay. Mental toughness journeys. Yes. Cool. Well, I think uh, I really want to talk a little bit about coming back from hard days too. Did mm -hmm. you, did you feel like you got an, enough in there on the, uh, mental toughness side? And I mean, how we to might, like... might circle back around to it, but yeah, okay. I would, yeah. Let's jump into how to come back from hard days. Yeah. So I think a really important, so I think those are kind of this, the same thing, right? right? Like for me, mental toughness is resilience and resilience is being able to take a bad day and turning it into a growth opportunity. Exactly. Like it's yeah. all the same thing. Totally. I think so too. And I think um, at least kind of the context that I had this like bad day thing is that like some days, like maybe we don't live up to our, our standards for ourselves or some days we um, may get into that situation where we need to flex our, our like mental toughness muscle and we just don't have it. Like it just doesn't work out. And, you know, how do we get from that day to the next day and be in kind of a present and open state where we're not worried about the the day before where the run didn't go great and we're present and able to go out and execute or that that next run um i hope that makes sense i don't feel like i explained that very well but um at least for me it's important that when i have a bad day the next day i don't take that bad run with me i go out and i just run that run it's just a run um for me, I think of trying to build a fortress around myself of like food and sleep. Like whenever I have a really bad day, if it's at work and a workout running, like whatever it is, I'm like, okay, that was not great. I'm going to be honest with myself about that. But if I can just insulate myself with enough pizza and like hours of sleep tomorrow will almost certainly be better. Like if I can just give myself every best shot of like starting over tomorrow in like, you know, with enough carbs and enough sleep, then like that's a great, that's like as close to a blank slate as you can get. Yeah. I like that. I think to me, that kind of sounds like you're, yeah, you're, you are kind of insulating yourself, but what, if, like, do you have like a, I'm curious if you have some kind of introspective process in which you try to take something, you know, that might be applied to that next run so you can have success there. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes there can be like really specific lessons, right? Like man, did I take too much of my work day on this run and try to use it as a venting exercise, which is not healthy for me physically and mentally. And then be like, okay, yeah, you definitely should have like, you should have left all that at home as much as possible to try to protect this run and your mental and physical health. Or like, should I have fueled better? Should I have slept better? Like what are some tangible changes I can make that could have made this run 
better? Or was it just like one of those days where it's like, yeah, didn't have it in the tank, you know, like it happens. Training is hard. Yeah. Um, there's just going to be days where for like, basically no, it's like, there's a ton of confounding variables. Every athlete is just going to have a day that for no reason sucks worse than like any other day ever. And they'll have had nine hours of sleep and like a four course meal beforehand. And then it's digested. Like everything should have been perfect and it didn't go great. And we don't always know why. And that's totally fine. So like learning to not judge yourself for the bad days and realizing that your fitness is you on your best day, not your worst. And your bad days are not a referendum on who you are as a person. Who you are as a person is determined by how well you move through the bad days. And I think the biggest determining factor on how successful an athlete is, is how they move through the bad days, right? Like anyone can just stack up a bunch of good days and like call themselves a good athlete, really good athletes. Like people like chasing their own version of like being their most elite selves are the people who are like, you know, I totally blew that workout, but I'm going to do better tomorrow. I'm going to really nail my recovery pace and I'm going to give myself every opportunity to have move through this with self-compassion and I'm going to learn from it what I can, then I'm going to just like let the rest of it fall away. Yeah. That was a really great. That was just amazing. Um, I would, I would say that not getting hung up on that day that goes, that doesn't go well is, is just fundamental and the best athletes, they do that really well. And I think the most successful people, um, and however you want to define success, but people, um, you know, who are, who are pushing their potential, get really good at this. And it's yeah. a combination of resilience, but I think it's also a combination of understanding that you can't control a lot of those variables that yeah. lead to bad runs. And you should be mindful of the ones you can, like sleep, like eating well, like making sure that, you know, you have that snack before you go run and, and planning out your day and things like that. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that we can control. Sometimes we mess up. And yeah, that's or like totally if fine. you have a little kid that wakes you up, like be an awesome parent. Like yeah. that's you know, like do that. Or like you have a fussy puppy that wakes up at two a.m. Like you know what? Like you can't control that. Like just do your best and don't judge yourself and don't freak out when like things don't go one hundred percent according to plan because that just leads to that like compounding anxiety and catastrophizing. What like you know maybe yeah, you didn't get an optimal night of sleep, but you can just run slower or like run less and kind of like accommodate where you're at and not try to be like, not like be like, oh my God, I can't run at all. Or like my run's not going to be perfect. I better just freak out. Yeah. I think strength is taking space in that moment and saying, hey, this is what the reality is now. And tomorrow is a new day. One thing that I, I like to do is make sure that I take my training one run at a time. Mm -hmm. So if I have a bad workout on Wednesday, it really kicks my butt. I'm exhausted. Maybe I ran it too hard. I didn't execute it exactly right. That's all right. Guess what? There's another run on Thursday. And that run, I have a completely blank slate. I can go out and execute whatever the underlying intention of that run is regardless of whatever happened on Wednesday um, and taking that space and realizing that those two runs are separate. They are not the same run. Uh, you don't need to bring that bad moment into the run with you. I think that this is something that's really important also, you know, on race day or during workouts, if you have an interval that didn't feel good, the next one is an opportunity to ease, you know, ease back a little bit if you need to, or push a little harder if you felt like you didn't go hard enough. Same thing in a race, you know, if you missed a gel at hour and 20, well, that's okay. Take the next gel at an hour and 30. Like you can write the shit. So don't, you know, get hung up on all of those little things. I think this is something that I, I would really, it's advice that I have for every athlete. It's like, don't overemphasize your bad days. Don't overemphasize your great days either because they're part of the process too. Um, the good and the bad makes up the entire journey. Um, and, you know, if you've got a bad day, externalize it if you need to in the logs. Yeah, I think it's like, much better than keeping talk it to inside. A partner, part, talk to friends, talk yeah. to kids, like talk to your coach. Like that's what we're here for. But try to get that dialogue out in the open so it doesn't just stay in your brain because that can be a very dark place to have not super productive dialogue. Yeah, I would agree. And then your coach can kind of be like, hey, pump the brakes. Tomorrow's a new run. You've got this. Mm -hmm. Um, eat some pizza and get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you get some pizza in.
Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Zoe, where, what else did we, I feel like I lost my train of thought a little bit. I thought I was about to say something and then I started thinking about pizza and I totally lost my train of thought. That's what happened to me as well. We're totally derailed here. <laughs> yeah, we talked about making the best of bad situations. And we, yeah. talked, we talked about that I think already, so. right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, I mean, you know, I say this all the time to my athletes, but like, once again, like the like number one predictor I feel is like people who are able to have a bad race and they're like, you know what, that sucks. I'm going to validate it. But like, let's, let's like figure out what's next. Right. And like give themselves time to feel it through, talk it out and then like move on. And it's, you know, the same is true with like life. Like we've had people lose jobs, partners, pets, like really hard stuff happens. And it's okay to say that was hard. I would have preferred that to not happen. Um, you know, I'll be able to learn from it when it's time and I'm going to move through it in a way that's productive and healthy for me. And I'm not going to linger on it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's those, it's that dual part of like, you can't just be like, woohoo, everything's okay all the time. And things are perfect. Cause then you're not really, it's not, that's not an authentic way to engage with the process of learning and growing and being mentally tough. Um, you know, you have to recognize that things are challenging to learn and grow from challenges. Um, but you don't want to just sit there and be like, this is challenging. I'm challenged. This is too big of a challenge. I think another thing that kind of comes to mind um, is is that you don't have to learn it all right away. Totally. You don't yeah. have to enter this introspective space after a bad day or a bad race and gather all the data points and be like, okay, this is what I need to do tomorrow. I see that a lot with yeah. athletes who have these like 500 word reflections on a race that didn't go well. And I often wonder if it's sometimes more appropriate to take a few days before you put all of that energy into that reflection and, and really kind of let the moment sink in. Um, because I think that athletes in the heat of the moment are a little overly critical, a little more hard on themselves mm -hmm. and a little bit with the blinders on and don't recognize some of the um, amazing things that they were able to accomplish even in a difficult moment. And even when the race doesn't go well or a workout goes poorly, take the smallest thing that you can, accentuate that positive piece, hold on to it for a while, because that's gonna become the impetus for the next day's run, the next thing that you do. And from that, you can continue to build and cultivate you know, your athletic uh, life, your practice, your running practice, however you wanna look at it. You know, We look at this from a really long-term mastery like approach at this point so like we may be talking a little bit kind of broad strokes sometimes but i think it's really important to not you know pour it all out there and expect to learn everything right away right you know, sometimes you do or this expect that it's like a code to be cracked right yeah. like a, there's no like right answer you know there's no just like out in the ether, some correct answer where it's like, if you had just taken a gel at mile 13, you would have been fine. Like the lesson is what you choose to learn from it. So give yourself that space to truly and authentically process the lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's just so important. And that's something that I'm continually, you know, reminded of where like something comes into my mind and it's like a year after yeah. a race. And I'm like, that that was a good thing. And I just like, totally, just pick right. that thing up. You're like, oh man, like, if only like at that one race two years ago, I had like been a little kinder to myself in that like tough moment. Like, right. you know, I wouldn't have like gone into that aid station all hot headed or something, you know? Like, yeah. That kind you of don't cross the finish line. You're like, what an excellent lesson and like perseverance. You're just no. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I need ginger ale. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think it's really important. Um, and also, you know, don't put anyone work out, anyone run, anyone race on a pedestal, God forbid, a race. It's just a race. Even your on biggest pedestal, race. Guys. Like it's all, you know, it's just one day. Yeah. And or if gonna... it's a really long race, maybe it's two, three days, even then. <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of opportunities if you give yourself the opportunities to do these things. So it doesn't all have to happen on day one. Yeah. One like log entry, number one, run number one, you know, this stuff unfolds over many, many years um, I think, and your confidence with it yeah. does too. I think a very humbling and surprising thing about like my own fitness journey has been that I think part of me expected there to be less bad days, like the more advanced I got. And uh, the very cool thing about life is that there's absolutely still a lot more bad, like the bad days are 
still there. They yeah. still exist. You're just like more capable um, in some ways. But uh, yeah, I think that's been, that's interesting. Is like at no point do the bad days go away. So you have that to look forward to forever, I guess. An <laughs> infinite number of learning opportunities. Yeah. I'm curious. I think we've kind of exhausted our points here, but I'm curious. I want to open it up to you guys. This is why we have these community calls and we're not just uh, you know speaking into the void at, uh, alone at home. But all of you guys have had many tough experiences. There is so much wealth in this community. I'm curious if anybody here has something, you know, a tip for developing mental toughness that has come in handy for them um, or a kind of like a routine or something you use for coming back from hard days. I know I know a couple of you guys are participating. Yeah, but also we've got some participators here. So if someone comes to mind, yeah, Matt. Yeah, one thing that you guys have brought up before and, and TJ is sometimes like just getting the first 15 minutes of your run in, right? Like just go ahead and aim for that 15. I think I feel like that helps you separate the bad days and, you know, getting the, the next day as its own, you know, special workout. Sometimes if I have uh, a bad day, instead of focusing on, oh, I have this whole big Thursday run or I have a huge, you know, long run on Saturday, rather than like worry about the whole thing, just start with that you know, first 15 minutes, get yourself prepared and out the door. And, and, you know, once your 15 minutes passes, you, you may feel like a million bucks and, and that will set you up and leave that bad day behind. Yeah. That's such a good tip. I think that's so important of using that kind of 15 minute buffer to kind of like reset your system, be like, Hey, this is running. I'm just out here doing it. And like, I can take this, you know, any direction I choose. And that's like often, you know, an actual thing that we, we get to decide why we're out there. Um, you know, I think something that actually that kind of brings to mind sometimes is like what I'm listening to on the day after a bad day will kind of dictate whether like I have two bad days in a row or, or multiple. So like, I'll try to choose after a, a run that didn't go great the next day, I'll try to choose something that's a little bit more uplifting and gonna kind of like help me to find like more flow out there to like, you know, to kind of like energize me and that kind of will get my mind off of yesterday and more into the present moment. Um, yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, anybody else got uh, a little tip or a tidbit? <laughs> this is the no you can go ahead carissa is that me yes oh yeah <laughs> the therapist wanted to talk <laughs> we're good oh at the therapist <laughs> um, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um i was just gonna say because i just started running a year and a half ago and i was doing 30 second intervals oh. that's where i was at i'm a brand new runner and i would just go okay just 30 seconds like and now it's a year and a half later and i'm kind of going back to intervals and they're longer but it's still like that i think that really helps thinking about the other five or the other 10 or whatever just focusing on this one and i think that really helps and that's a, a newbie tip but i think it probably no, I think that that's an amazing illustration of the idea of like run the mile you're in, right? Like thinking like if you're at mile one of a 10 mile run, you're like, whoa, in context, that feels really hard. But if you're like, I'm in mile one of one mile, like trying to break it down in your head and like not, you know, draw it out in a way that's like mentally counterproductive is so, so huge. I think that, you know, that principle works if you're running 30 second intervals or if you're running a hundred miles, like it's the same thing. Just be in the mile you're in. Yeah, absolutely. That present moment, it's so important. I'm all, I'm always trying to chase it. Can't quite grasp it all yeah. the time, but yeah. Sarah, what, what do you think? I was just going to say one thing that can be helpful with the like um, compartmentalizing a bad day is just I will not in my log until like an until I've showered and I've had like a time to think about my run. And then it's like, I'm only processing it while I'm writing in my log. And then it's like, that's it. I'm not thinking about my run the rest of the day. And if it comes up and I want to think about it, then it's like, no, that I can think about it on tomorrow's run. And I like try to just have awareness of my brain starts going there. I'd be like, nope, you had your time to process that run that happened in your log and that's 
like you're done with that. So giving the space for it and like, you know, setting it a time, make sure you do, you can process it and then just like being done with it and not letting yourself flow on it. I think that's so, that's like one of the reasons we really love, um, like having that format of the log. I think, you know, I, I wonder, I know I've had the experience, maybe other people have of like, maybe writing your log entry while you're still like out on the run in your head being like, this run was terrible. I can't wait to like make this someone else's issue, you know? Um, and that that's usually like not the most productive space. To be. Oh, and I think that, that yeah. yeah, where you're like at mile one of like an eight mile run and you're like, yeah, I can already tell I'm about to really unload in my log, you know, like <laughs> this one's going to be a doozy. <laughs> like <laughs> I hope my coach has like a beer or some coffee for this one. Um, and like being able to like, take actual like you know take that space and make the reflection like less a reflection of the emotion and more a reflection of the actual experience yeah i think that that's so important and compartmentalizing things like that that's incredibly healthy yeah um, i, love, I that. love how you you know separate your kind of athletic self with the rest the other facets that make up who you are by being like okay this is the moment where i'm reflecting on the work that I just did. And then after that, I'm just going to leave it there. And then tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing again. Um, I think that really helps with getting like being able to separate yourself when you have a tough day and not getting hung up on those tough days and then making it like a streak of tough runs. Um, that's definitely yeah, something that I think I like, you know, with, there's uh, a difference Sandra. between dwelling on things and processing them, right? Yeah. Processing is you're like, I see what this is. I'm going to figure out solutions and I'm going to let go of the things I can't solve. Dwelling is when you're just kind of like pacing and you're like, that run didn't go well. That run didn't go well. Like, why didn't it go well? Why didn't it go well? Should I like obsess about everything I ate? Should I like, you know, like all this stuff. And it's like, that's not as productive. If you're not going to be able to take action because of it, then like, maybe don't think about it anymore yeah like if there is no solution there is no lesson which like in life there's a lot of things like that just you know move on moving on moving on it sounds so easy yeah i'm the queen of dwelling on things so it's a process oh man letting go is like letting one of go. the hardest things that we could all work on definitely Ugh. i feel that i love to cling just like <laughs> such a clinger such a clinger <laughs> well cool um yeah i'm not sure if anybody else had something uh in mind here bowie's well, speaking up in the background yeah. so there's always that <laughs> well thanks guys i think this is such a good talk uh, i hope that you got sorry <laughs> i hope you got something useful out of this uh, I would recommend checking out our articles on how to move on from a bad day, uh, mindfulness training, all in the blog, um, some extra resources that you guys might, might, might want to dive into. Um, yeah. Well, thanks. I hope everybody has a great week. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on uh, Friday. Thank you. Thanks, participators. Go, oh God. <laughs>